Hello and welcome to the Women of Blockchain podcast by Cointelligence Academy. At Cointelligence, we care about providing blockchain and crypto education, as well as encouraging the much-needed diversity by enabling the female voices of this space to share their knowledge and their stories with our audience. Our today's guest is Raina Kaspan-Kelts. Raina became a crypto enthusiast after she was given $5 worth of Bitcoin on the first date in 2016. And since then, her interest in crypto products has been focused on those that solve real-world business challenges. Currently, Raina is the co-founder and chief experience officer of Gilded, which is an accounting solution for blockchain-based companies. At Gilded, Raina is the front line for business relationships and customer acquisition, and she brings over 25 years of business relationship expertise to the team, including both product and service-oriented business development. In the first part of our talk, we discuss the power of crypto and what the past year has taught us, including the volatility of crypto. And in the second part of our talk, we discuss the challenges that the blockchain businesses face when it comes to accounting and how Gilded Project helps companies to transact in crypto. But before we start, I'd like to thank Public for helping us to deliver this podcast. Public is a search engine that is powered by people and fueled by its own token economy that rewards the entire web ecosystem and therefore contributes to a much more fair internet. Without further ado, let's go ahead and hear from Reina. Reina, thank you for joining us today. I'm very keen to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm a big fan of Cointelligence too. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so let's start with you maybe taking us back to what led you to your career in blockchain and crypto today. I actually love my origin story. It starts off sad, but it gets better over time. I was widowed at 40. My husband at the time, he went in for a routine hernia operation, something that, you know, routine operation. And he developed an infection in the hospital. And all of a sudden at 40 years old, my life was upended and changed forever. Wow. It was eye-opening, right? Having to deal with all of that. And then on top of that, the reaction or the attitude of banks and things like that, that I wasn't able to reconcile some of those things. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, just being turned away by the banking institution overall. And then about four years later, I met a guy in a bar when I was singing karaoke with my girlfriends and my sister. Okay. <laughs> He told me about new money and how it was going to change the world, not unlike the internet. Right. I definitely thought he was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But he was so passionate about it. And I guess not long after that, he gave me $5 worth of Bitcoin on one of our first dates. He had me download a mycelium wallet and (laughs) I had no idea what he was talking about. Right. I didn't understand it, but his passion is what had me curious. Right, right. Okay. So I was coming from a different angle, had been in B2B sales my entire life. So he referred me or he tagged me in a post from Andreas Antonopoulos, mm-hmm. right? And from there, when I started listening to the podcast, I was supposed to be working, but I was listening to Andreas Antonopoulos podcast in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, I fell down face first down the rabbit hole. It started off as I was a complete skeptic. 
to, I had to be involved in this industry. It spoke to me in a way that nothing had before. And I think it was the way that Andreas talks about it, the way that he breaks it down. I'm not a software developer, never written a line of code in my life. And he spoke to the the real use cases for it, how it would help the world. Yeah, he has an incredible way of articulating it and making it so clear. Right? So many people got into blockchain because of hearing him talk about it. It is quite something. Every new person that I talk to, I tell them, if you want to understand this, here you go. Blockchain or crypto, Bitcoin for beginners. From Andreas, I also refer them the new movie, Cryptopia. Mm, how new is it? I'm not familiar. So there are a lot of documentaries on Netflix and Prime and things like that about crypto. The rise and rise of Bitcoin is one of my favorites. Mm. So yeah, there are a lot of those out there. And I like to send people to those documentaries and first, especially when they're first learning. So that was my aha moment for crypto. Mm -hmm. And it brings me to some of the other things that we talked about, like for new people getting into this, it's natural to be a skeptic. Yeah, It's different, right? It's like nothing we've ever seen before. So it's akin to when the internet first launched. I actually was starting college when the internet became a thing. And our professor, my professor at the University of New Orleans said to us that us kids to stay off the public internet Mm -hmm. because that was going to be shut down. The government was never going to let that happen. And we needed to stay on the intranet, on the school intranet, because the internet was only for pornographers. And (laughs) oh, he went on and on to our study group. This was in Fortran class in 1992. 1992, wow. Yes. So I remember the Newsweek article, right? Uh, The internet will never replace the newspaper. (laughs) And yet? (laughs) I mean, it never replaced the newspaper. That's what they went on and on about. People would never put their credit cards on the internet. I mean, that was the story. And it was the story for so long from probably 92 all the way through for the next decade after that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where we're at now with crypto. I see so many correlations to that adoption curve. Yeah. That how can you not be excited about it? Yeah. So Yeah, I guess maybe sort of, I've seen a quote that you've mentioned, which I thought was very, very powerful. You said something like, I believe in this technology as much as I believe in clean water. And I thought, hmm, you know, so maybe you can share a bit more about how, what exactly made you feel this way about the technology? <sighs> there are a disturbingly large number of human beings on our planet that don't have access to banking. In a previous life, I was dove headfirst into clean water and clean water technology. I actually worked for a water purification service here in the local area. Mm. And so that's kind of the background of where that comment came from. Right. But with billions of people across the globe, giving them access to money, money that they can use on the internet to buy and sell things. I mean, it makes all of us the entire world more abundant. Mm -hmm. And the fact that banking solutions and things like that, for us in the UK and the US, we have access to every type of financial product that exists in the world. Mm -hmm. But for people who PayPal doesn't accept your currency, right? You work every week or every month to get paid and you can't buy or sell anything on the internet because no one wants your money. I find that like exceedingly, I mean, offensive even. And it gets me all riled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what I believe in the power of this individually and on more broadly for businesses as well. Mm-hmm. Many businesses can't afford to 
sell their products overseas or have cross-border transactions because it would cost them more money. There's no ROI on it because they have to convert one currency to another and the fees are high. Mm -hmm. And the less money you have, the higher your fees are. (laughs) God, right? Crazy. Yes. And Bitcoin doesn't, Bitcoin isn't that. Bitcoin does not care if your transaction is a million dollars or a thousand dollars or anywhere in between. So that makes perfect sense. So if going back to your story, so you were saying so you downloaded the wallet and you got your first Bitcoin. So how did you evolve from that to where you are today? So what was that journey for you? Oh, so that was the beginning. You know, the rabbit hole preceded that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk with to other people, right? Jason and I were the only people that we knew that knew anything about crypto. So um, yeah, it was great being in a relationship to some, with someone that I could talk to about this, but I wanted to meet more people. I'm, in, I'm a networker. My background is B2B sales and business networking. I teach entrepreneurs how to network and grow their businesses here in our local area. So I asked him, um, take me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and we started going to meetups. So there was a Baton Rouge Bitcoin meetup, which is our state capital, about an hour away. So that was one of the first ones that we went to. And in 2017 they started the New Orleans Ethereum meetup. Mm-hmm. It was at a little tiny coffee shop. There were very few people when we first started, three or four at the most. And the two guys who ran the meetup, one was Danny Ryan, who is now an Ethereum core developer. Mm-hmm. And the other was Ken Galter. And they were so young, especially compared to me. They were so young and so brilliant, but they were able to, once again, break this down to where anyone could understand it. And it was there that I became fascinated with the possible business opportunities. They're talking about smart contracts and things of that nature. I was really interested in all and how that would help automate processes and things of that nature that I had seen firsthand through other businesses. And so I went up to Ken after the meetup one day and I said, I have to work in this industry, but I'm not a software developer and not really a social media community manager either. I'd like to work in the industry to help businesses. And so he told me for, I don't know, months, just hold on, Rain, it's coming. And one day he introduced me to Gil, our CEO. Mm -hmm. They were launching an invoicing tool for freelancers. Right. So they could accept cryptocurrency for payment. And they said they needed beta testers, basically. They needed 25 beta testers. And I got about 250 because they needed people to try this out for free. And it was something people needed. So (laughs) I told them 25, how many do you really need? And yeah, the end of that, they asked me to join the team. So wonderful. And we founded Gilded. We brought on our CFO not long after that. And in December of 2018, we were accepted to the Techstars Blockchain Accelerator in New York City. Oh, wow. Congrats. Thank you. It was amazing. So we all had to basically come together in December of 2018 and decide to quit our day jobs and dive into this full time and move to New York for four months. (laughs) Wow, that's super exciting. That's amazing. And also, I love the way that you you almost say you created this for yourself from scratch, like nothing stopped you. The fact that you didn't have the experience in the relevant industry or blockchain itself. I love those very, very empowering stories. So great. I knew from life experience that the best way to move past challenges and difficult times is to find something that you're passionate about and just go after it. I told you I'm from New Orleans. We had a devastating hurricane back in 2005, where we all lost everything and it took years for the city to come back. So I feel like a lot of that just was coaching for later on in life. If something really challenging or really difficult happens, 
the best way to move past that and move into a better place is to find something that you love. And from the time that I, I don't know, from the time I met Jason, I guess, and the time he told me all about this, I just fell in love with him and the technology at the same time. No, I love it. And we'll definitely spend some time talking about Gilded because I'd like to hear more about the project and what it does. But before we do that, since we're already talking about the crypto and its benefits, I'd like to spend some more time on this because I think now, especially, it's good to talk about this. This last few months been quite interesting, volatile, and there's encourages even more skepticism from certain people, which is also understood. So maybe we can continue talking a little bit about this and maybe with the lens of why some people still don't believe in crypto. Like, what do you think it is? Well, I think that no one who sees this for the first time should believe in it. I think they should be a skeptic because that's what drives them to learn more. Mm -hmm. And over time, then they begin to understand it. Whereas someone or a group of people who just say, oh, okay, so I'm going to jump in and I'm going to start using cryptocurrency, or I'm going to jump on an exchange and go buy cryptocurrency. They miss that education part. I think the healthiest way to enter this market is as a skeptic, Mm -hmm. because skepticism leads you to research, which then leads you to your aha moment in crypto. But I don't think you get that aha moment without first being a skeptic. So you do the research. It motivates you to do the research. You're absolutely right. Actually, you have, that's the first stage. Uh, You start with skepticism. And then the question is how much willingness you have to put into education in order to say that you're confident, understand it, and therefore adopt it. Because I think that is where so many people turn away because they see that it's too complicated to wrap your head around. And maybe the education itself isn't as available and easy to consume and they sort of pass on it. And I think, yeah, I mean, the future adoption rate seems to rely on education. There's there's no question about it. Absolutely. I mean, in the B2B space, educating accounting professionals is the key to adoption for businesses. Reach that. I believe it wholeheartedly. We work to do that with the company and I do individually. I'm a member of the women in blockchain and women in crypto groups where we talk about the different challenges. Women in crypto accounting is another that I'm a member of where we talk about the accounting challenges and we try to educate other accounting professionals. But I think Again, it goes back to if you're a skeptic, when you first come in, then you try to prove that it is what you think it is. And at some point you realize after you do the research and after you read about it that, wow, it's not what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. It's something totally different. It's amazing. It's an incredible technology. But at first it doesn't make sense. It's difficult. I go back to the internet a lot. I remember paying a dollar a minute for the internet. Mm -hmm. And I remember the internet being hard and difficult and you didn't know what to look for. There were no search, uh, certainly nothing like we have today. It was really difficult to find stuff. And then Netscape came out and then Windows and then Windows 98 and just little by little got easier and easier. And it'll be exactly the same way when people talk about the transaction fees being high and things like that. I mean, still brand new technology. We're very early on. Mm -hmm. And I paid a dollar a minute for the internet. So it's the same trajectory and it makes a difference, right? When you believe in this and you start working in the space, wow, it's amazing. Yeah, you're right. I think, I mean, the data is undeniable that people are extremely open to using cryptocurrency. It's just that the bulk of them don't understand it and they need to understand it better. Actually, there was very recently, there was a study by MasterCard. They did a survey actually for over 18 countries participated and 15,000 people, whatnot. And they found that 75% of people wanted to understand how crypto works before using it, 
which was really interesting. It's like some people say, you don't know how the car drive, whatever operates, but you use it. But I guess it's slightly different here because I don't know, more is on the line. It's your finances. People are more skeptical and it makes sense that they want to understand how it works. Yes, because it's money, right? It's not a thing. Exactly. Like a vehicle, like an automobile, like a new iPad. It's not, it's money. So exactly. And it puts us in a very different mindset, completely different. Sure. I mean, crypto actually forces you, I guess, to reassess what you think of as money. That's true. I mean, money is a tool that was created by man to facilitate trade, right? And since the creation of money, women, man, we move toward better forms of money right? From shells to gold. Gold was a huge breakthrough. Why was gold money at the time? They had to prove that, right? It was money because it was scarce, provably scarce and difficult to mine, and you couldn't inflate the supply of gold quickly. And then from there, gold wasn't transferable. Mm -hmm. So we came up with paper money, paper money backed by gold. And then from there, we went to credit, right? And we got off the gold standard. We went toward credit People say that one of the funniest things is how can you invent money out of thin air? Like, um, what do you think you're doing when you use a credit card? So true. You're creating money out of thin air. That money didn't exist until it came into the world as debt. So really has you reevaluate what is money? What do we use it for? It is a way to facilitate trade and the internet needs its own money. And now we have it. Yeah. We haven't, and it's just a matter of time. So looking back at this year, I think it's been quite an interesting year for crypto. So how would you summarize it? What has this year taught us, I would say, and especially maybe around volatility, a few thoughts? It's a free market, money, right? Every other financial instruments that we deal with, that we trade, Forex trading and gold are other forms of money. They're controlled, right? Under the guise of investor protections. So what happened with the GameStop stock? Right? They were able to stop that trading and halt that trading because of the volatility. Bitcoin, it's a free market. Anyone can buy, sell, trade Bitcoin 24-7, 365, Ethereum as well. And it's a free market. So the, you will have big swings. It's just the way that early stage new technology works out. And this is, a, like I said, a free market instead of a government controlled market. And that's what just the fact that anyone can use it. Anyone can download a client and join the Bitcoin network. It's going to be volatile for a while. Exactly. And I think if you speak to people, usually, you know, if you ask people who are not actively in the crypto space or blockchain and you ask them, oh, would you join any crypto? Would you like to? And the usually the no is because, oh, it's just too volatile. I'm, I'm not getting into that. And it's usually the reason why people shy away from it. And I think, you know, this is where we should ask ourselves the question, like you said, like, is volatility really that bad? Like, it's, I think we're kind of misunderstanding it a little bit because it's like misunderstanding the fundamental premise of the concept of crypto, wishing away the volatility. It's there. It's, you know, like you say, free market works. So, you know, most of us are not traders, right? But when we buy Bitcoin, we look at the price every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we look at the US dollar price of it. We don't look at the number of new wallets, the number of businesses adopting this, the number of people trying to get into this, the number of new accounts signed up on Coinbase or Gemini. We don't look at that. We just look at the dollar value. It's so true. Which is also volatile. <laughs> yeah, it's which exactly, you know, like holding your assets in cash. It's like holding a melting ice cube, but people just don't think of it this way. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they don't think it's just built into our brains in the way that, oh, cash is stable. It's not. Stack sats. That's my, that's my goal. I have never sold Bitcoin. 
And I guess Jason gave me the $5 of Bitcoin in 2016, February of 2016. And I bought Bitcoin over time since then in the beginning with whatever money I had. And even today I buy regularly, but I I don't sell Bitcoin. I just... I'm sure you're very happy about that decision, especially in, in this year. Yes, absolutely. And I found myself looking at the dollar balance of the amount of crypto that I have and things like that. I'm like, oh, that looks terrible today. <laughs> Yeah. But then I just don't look at it for a while. That's what I do. It'll go back up. <laughs> exactly. And then I go back in a couple of weeks time and I just look up how it did and, you know, all the time that I didn't check. And then, yeah, it's, everyone builds a different relationship with it. It's like what you can take. <laughs> and I'm in the business. And so, and our business is so busy that it's really beneficial. It really helps me with ignoring the price because, exactly. because I'm so involved in day-to-day and the future of business adoption of crypto mm-hmm. that looking at the day-to-day prices, I leave that for the traders. And Jason is a full-time trader, by the way, my significant other. Right. So I leave that for him and he'll tell me what's going on from time to time and tell me about new projects. And Right. So this is an interesting one. Maybe we can touch on this briefly if you, if you have some insight to share. But you know, there's so many cryptocurrencies and often I hear people say, even they might not be exactly traders, but they still want to find a few coins that they would like to back. And this is always a big question, especially if you're on budgets, investing in the right cryptocurrencies, obviously pull the Bitcoin out of it because that's the biggest one. But how do you usually answer that question if people ask you, oh, which one is the best? Which should I invest in? Friends and family, I suppose, not uh, in any way financial advice. Not financial advice. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm asked this question all the time by everyone I know because I've been talking about crypto for years. And so now that it's making headlines, people call me. When the price goes down, people actually call and ask me if I'm okay. (laughs) I tell everyone exactly the same thing. Bitcoin and Ethereum. If you want to buy two coins, buy Bitcoin and Ethereum and then learn about those. And that will take you on the path that you're meant to go on. Mm. Some people stay on the Bitcoin path forever and they're perfectly happy with it. And that is a great path. Ethereum, I believe, is the future of financial services in the world. And so I think by giving people two, not just telling everyone, just buy Bitcoin, because that's very easy. I'm a Bitcoin fan, maybe fanatic, (laughs) (laughs) but Ethereum. Ethereum is powerful Mm -hmm. and it's really cool. And there are really cool projects being built on it. Oh yeah. So that's kind of how I lead it is buy Bitcoin and buy Ethereum and then learn about them. And from there, that'll take you on the path that you want to go on because I don't want to put you on a path. So yeah. That sounds like, actually, that's a really good advice. Thanks. I love it. And as for Bitcoin, I think I recently read there was a study by NASDAQ that they estimated 46, I think, million Americans have at least a share of Bitcoin today. And that was about 17% of the adult population of the US. And I thought, well, that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. I know personally, roughly 30 plus friends and relatives around the New Orleans area that I've brought into crypto. So for the most part, they like the stories about Bitcoin. Many of them uh, felt like Ethereum was a little bit too complicated for them to understand. Mm -hmm. And so just to get them learning, I can tell you that probably 60% of the men that I have introduced it's actually closer to 70 now, mm-hmm. have called me to ask me about some random crazy coin a week after I told them to learn about Bitcoin and Ethereum. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's how it usually happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and so many of them were scams. Like, why does this happen? And then, but every 100% of the women 
that I have brought into the space have done exactly as I suggested, bought Bitcoin and Ethereum and started learning about them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have the same luck with men though. <laughs> kind of see why i guess like another big thing that happened this year to crypto is obviously el salvador's bitcoin recognition so what are your thoughts on that do you sort of see that as a major step in kind of global acceptance of the cryptocurrencies or what do you think about that i think it's going to start a race Mm -hmm. right so since el salvador now we've also had i believe paraguay has indicated that they will do the same thing if i'm a small country and just terrible access or no access to financial services or impoverished and things like that, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I think that Bitcoin will be a way out of poverty for so many people. And if the leader of a country really cares about people there, why why wouldn't you go this way? Mm-hmm. So I was listening to a podcast from Willie Wu where he talked about because El Salvador has now taken Bitcoin as legal tender, that now world banks will have to accept it as payment for debt. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was like, wow. I'm excited to see where it goes. That would be amazing if they did. Right? I mean, there is also this conversation, you know, the kind of the opposite of it would, I guess it's the opposite. If, for example, China's national digital currency, which is also on blockchain, and I know that's a couple more countries that following China's example, and even you suggest that maybe in Europe, there will be an equivalent of Euro in a few years time. So if that happens, I wonder how would that reflect on the adoption of Bitcoin if governments will have their own national digital currency on blockchain. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think that it will expose governments. So it's a surveillance tool. Mm -hmm. CBDCs, central bank digital currencies are a giant surveillance tool. And I think it will expose governments for exactly what they are, monitoring and this panopticon of seeing everything that you do, every dollar you spend. I use this example Maybe we all have this cousin or faraway relative and every now and then we'll get a message from them. They're in hard times and probably have gotten this message a bunch of times before. And out of the kindness of our hearts, we throw them a little bit of money, right? Mm -hmm. Cash money. With surveillance, with government being able to surveil every dollar you spend, you're going to hesitate to do that, especially if that relative has any kind of challenges, legal challenges, things like that. You're going to hesitate to do that. And I think that's a terrible thing to worry about. Exactly. And this is, again, where education is so important because if you put now in front of a consumer, you put the option and you say, oh, use Bitcoin that is volatile or use a government-backed cryptocurrency, which is mirroring the national whatever currency. And it's also on blockchain, but you have some security. If you don't have enough background and understanding, you might mistakenly think that, oh, it's the same. I just have more safety here because it's backed by the government (laughs) and how we could end up in the situation that you're describing now. And I think, again, education is key here. It is key for sure, because the whole backed by the government, I think people are starting to see People call me all the time and they say, you know, I kind of don't like what's going on with our government printing so much money. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. (laughs) (laughs) You're not. I love that call though, because then I can go from there. You you talked about this Bitcoin thing and I find it interesting. Start reading it. When you put in 10 hours learning about Bitcoin, you finally scratch the surface. Yeah. When you put in a hundred hours and you really start to get it, but it takes time. It takes, you know, an investment of your time. So there's no reason, you know, I, I don't know. The inflation is sure to come. It's going to be a challenge. I read an article this morning about 
Barclays in the UK, not allowing people to buy crypto on Binance. So I think the war really hasn't started, Mm -hmm. but eh, it'll come. And I think that self-sovereign wealth will prevail. And I sure hope it does. I really hope it does. So I guess in terms of summarizing this topic, and you talk a lot about empowering people to own their own wealth, and especially if it comes through the way of crypto, but what kind of practical steps would you give to people in order to empower them to make those steps to own their own wealth? So just to let you know, and I know not everyone agrees with this, but I start my friends in my age group, especially I'm 48. My friends that are in my age group are older. I start them out on Coinbase Mm -hmm. because of the safety, right? And because it gives them some skin in the game, right? So start there. And then when you learn and you want to move toward what I'm talking about here, which is owning your own, holding your own crypto, then I will share with them whatever the next steps are for them. Not everyone is really tech savvy, right? Especially I live in the deep South in the US and I'm not surrounded by just tech savvy people. Mm -hmm. So I start them on Coinbase and then I help them take the coins off when they get to a certain dollar amount. I usually tell them 5,000. If you get nearing $5,000, give me a call and we'll talk about how to take that off of the exchange and custody it yourself. And that's a challenge for people. So we talk about writing down the private key, storing it in a safe place. I have a fire and waterproof safe. Mm -hmm. I keep my keys in. And so that talk is more of a challenge without a doubt, Of course, depending on who you're talking to. But that's how I go about it. First, I want them to learn about it. You know what's really cool? When people sign up for Coinbase, they have these videos, these animated videos that teach them about different projects that are coming onto the platform and gives them free coins or a dollar worth of the coin for each video that they watch. That's very cool. Yeah. I actually haven't used that. It's an incentive and I find it helpful. They find it helpful. So I kind of, whenever new videos come out, I'll see it on the app and I'll send it over. Hey, new videos on Coinbase. Go learn about these new projects. That's amazing. And it's so helpful what you shared now, because the first step I think is the harder one to take. And then once you've done that, once you've set up your accounts and you've got your first original coin, whatnot, then you're in. Yes. From then on, it gets easier. Then you start feeling more confident. And for those who still thinking about it and still kind of deciding I think this, these are really good first steps that you're sharing. Well, thanks. Something that I've done for people who are not interested in volatility, but in earning money on their money, I off-ramp fiat to Coinbase. <laughs> mm. So I only keep enough money in my accounts to pay the bills that come out of my checking account. The rest of it goes into USDC and sits on Coinbase and earns way more money than my bank will ever pay me. Mom, there you go. You know, that's helpful for people who are really new and fearful. It's one day you can go on and off of Coinbase, in and out of USDC, but you can earn interest there. So try that. And those people always come back to me to ask me about Bitcoin or Ethereum. So I found that was another way to help new people. That's brilliant. Those baby steps and then exactly that, you become more and more confident and you start taking a bigger steps if that's what someone's interested in doing. Exactly. I love that. Thank you so much for all of that. So I would like to transition to the next topic that we wanted to talk about, and that's accounting in blockchain. Ah. Now, I will definitely let you unpack this one, but actually it would be also interesting to understand for me because accounting on the blockchain in general, I guess in more kind of, in some way, blockchain is an accounting technology. And I want to understand what you guys are doing. So from the point of view of the blockchain, keeping records and maintaining important information. So it's kind of accounting technology. So does that mean that accounting and auditing as we know it is kind of threatened by blockchain in the future? Or am I sort of taking it the wrong direction? 
It is not threatened. Accountants are needed more than ever before. Mm -hmm. I believe that will change auditing in the future. But auditors and accountants, that is a special skill set that not everyone has. And since I'm in the business space, I will tell you that everyone needs an accountant. Yeah. (laughs) You have a business in crypto, you need an accountant. And even maybe there's a shift in the kind of work that accountants do. But the blockchain, it's not an accounting system. It's an accountability system. It's a way to verify every single thing that happened. But when you have a business and you use digital assets, the blockchain, the block explorer does not give you the information that you need to do accounting in your business, right? So let's say you're receiving Bitcoin and Ethereum as income. It's an asset. It's property in the US, lots of other places as well. It's not legal tender everywhere, just in El Salvador. So there are a lot of things that you have to record that you can't just go to the block explorer. Mm -hmm. The block explorer is proof that what you did or what you say you did actually happened. So it's an accountability layer, I guess. Yeah, that's totally right. So in that case, in terms of challenges that businesses are facing today when they're adopting blockchain technology, would you summarize for us, like what are the main challenges there? Well, every business accounting solution on the market today only allows for two decimal places. So let's just start there. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. Right? (laughs) Never thought about that. (laughs) So that's a huge challenge. 98 and a half, I'll say 98 and a half percent of the people that I talk to every day are using spreadsheets for everything. Mm -hmm. And while accountants are great at spreadsheets, no one can spin up a spreadsheet like an accounting professional. They're not for everyone and they become complicated. It becomes very difficult, very challenging as these businesses scale, right? A year ago, most businesses didn't necessarily have too many problems with the way that they were doing things on spreadsheets, right? But then all of a sudden in 2021 or 2020, 2021, their business started to explode. They started making more money than they ever made before. And now it calls every day. Oh my God, what am I going to do with the accounting? I can imagine, of course. So every time you spend an asset, a crypto asset, you need the value in your fiat currency at the time it was spent. In order to go into the tax accounting part of it, you also need the price at the time the asset was first purchased to figure out capital gains and losses and all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. I tell people every day that the best way to get your hands on crypto is to work for it. Right. If you don't want to buy it, work for it. So receiving crypto, you don't have a tax consequence until you sell it. Mm. When you do sell it or exchange it, then you need all of that data in order to properly account for this asset in your business. I've been in sales for a long time. So I had expenses, right? So I had an expense account here, an expense account there, different jobs. And, you know, I just, the bank gave my accounting professional all the information that they needed to do the accounting and reimburse me. Well, a link to a block explorer is not the same thing. Yeah. Right. Of course. Either scan is not a bank feed. So your business needs to know exactly what you spent it on. They need to know what was bought or sold, who, and all of that information is right now kept on spreadsheets. So you guys have Gilded, you're building a solution or you have built a solution for that. So can you summarize exactly how Gilded helps businesses to do what you described in easier way? Sure. So we created a back office solution for businesses to use crypto assets. It started with an invoicing tool, like I said earlier, and then we built out the bookkeeping functionality. So we pull in all the transactions from your wallets and we add a spot price based on your base currency and the timestamp on the blockchain. 
we add other data to the transaction, like income, expense, fee, trade, and things like that. And then we enable you to sync those transactions to your accounting software so that you can run profit and loss statements at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So instead of keeping the spot prices and things like that manually, Gilded uses Crypto Compare, which is largely recognized as the most reliable source. They have public methodology. It's very important to our, the IRS and others that you be consistent with your spot pricing data. Mm-hmm. So we do all that for you. So you don't have to keep track of it on spreadsheets. That sounds brilliant. So you guys, what's your success story so far? I believe I read that 10% of your equity has been tokenized. It has. That was very interesting. That was through one of our customers, Fairmint. Fairmint came to us for help with accounting. And we ended up launching or tokenizing 10% of our equity on their platform. That's brilliant. It's a wonderful solution and it's enabled our customers to invest in us. I have a customer in Bangkok, for instance, who is paying $99 a month for our solution. And he invested $20,000 into the company with the GFI token. It was amazing. (laughs) Nice. It's been great. It's been an awesome relationship. And a lot of ours are like that. That's lovely. So who Gilded is targeting? So who's your ideal customer? Is it sort of small to medium businesses or large businesses or everybody? So who you target? I wish it was everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could help everyone. (laughs) So we started off with a lot of freelancers, right? From all over the world who would use our invoicing tool to get paid in crypto. Then we moved a bit up market to small and medium-sized businesses and professional services is where we really have a sweet spot with professional services. So data providers, data aggregators, mm-hmm. crypto compare, for instance, coin market cap, their customers, anyone who sells advertising, some law offices, more transactional attorneys use Gilded. So that's kind of where we are today. And we just recently are launched our first white label deal. So a custodian, a qualified custodian in Australia. They wanted to provide better business tools for their customers. And so they added Gilded to their tech stack. So now we're launching that actually this, we launched that the first of this month with them. So they'll actually have, Gilded will be part of their solution. That sounds amazing. So what is the next thing for the project? Where do you see it going next? I mean, banks, Mm -hmm. right? The new banks that are able to custody both crypto and fiat assets, partnering with them. I've been talking with a Wyoming bank, WDT, probably for the last year and a half. And they just were granted their charter. And we've been in talks with them for a while to add our solution similar, really, to what we've done with the Australian company. Mm -hmm. And I guess at this point, we can't just not mention the regulations. So how do you interact with the status of regulations and how much it interferes with your growth and everything that you do? Well, we, from the beginning, we were crypto people before we were gilded, Mm -hmm. right? Our solution is non-custodial. We never touch user funds. All right. Okay, of course. So we are not a money services business. And so the regulation, I mean, it's a challenge for our clients. Sure. It's certainly a challenge for custodians. For the whole industry. Yeah, of course. Yes. But for us, the power of the technology is that I don't have to hold your money to help you use it, to help you deal with it right? Mm -hmm. You can hold your own funds. You as a company, you as an individual, you can hold your own crypto and we can help you account for it, right? But you receive it to your own wallets. So you don't need us in the middle. No, that's brilliant. And I think what you guys are doing, it's really, really needed for the industry and congratulations on the successes so far and best of luck with all the things that you've mentioned. It's really needed. Thank you very much. Accounting is not sexy, (laughs) (laughs) but it's necessary. It's necessary, like you said. Every business needs it. And that's our entire goal from the time we started this was to help as many businesses use onboard this technology as we possibly can. So I think the future is brighter than it's ever been. 
And my calendar is a direct testament to that <laughs> because it's full every day. <laughs> I love that. But thanks for asking. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. Just before you go, can you please tell our audience how they can connect with you online? Sure. I am on LinkedIn a lot. So that's, I'm Raina on LinkedIn, Gilded. Gilded.finance is our website and we are at Gilded Finance on Twitter. We have a fantastic marketing department. They're always putting out great content, educational content for those who want to learn about crypto and their business. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for being with us today, Raina. I appreciate you. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much for joining us today. Please check the notes section of this podcast to find the links to some of the info mentioned earlier. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Women of Blockchain podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share. And don't forget that if you're looking to learn more about blockchain and get access to quality free online content, do visit cointelligence.com and choose the topic that interests you the most. Finally, check out public.com. It is spelled P-U-B-L-C, so without the letter I. Create a free account and support the internet of tomorrow. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you all on the next episode.